0: Both Baseball America and MLB Pipeline have their top 100 lists out, and there are some interesting differences between the two, and I wanted to know why, so we broke it down. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduelcom on to get started today. So. Baseball America and MLB Pipeline are two of the most commonly used uh, and recognized experts when it comes to prospects and prospect rankings, prospect evaluation, and all of that. Uh, And I found it really interesting when I was kind of scrolling through both of their top 100 lists, how some guys, they have the exact same placement in the top 100, you know, number five or number 23 or whatever. And some of them, they are widely, wildly different. So I threw everything everything into a spreadsheet and we're going to kind of go through real quick and look at some of where they're the same, some of where they're different and discuss why. And so when you look at this, uh, six players are in the exact same location on both lists. So both Baseball America and MLB Pipeline have them in the same 1 through 100 spot. A lot of the similarity, not all, but a lot, is at the very top. Both outlets have Baltimore Orioles shortstop Gunnar Henderson as their number one prospect in baseball. Both of them have Arizona Diamondbacks center fielder Corbin Carroll, who we talked about yesterday, just signed that big new deal. Uh, They have him at number two. And then both outlets have... Cardinals outfielder Jordan Walker as their number four prospect in baseball. The difference right there is what's in the middle, what's missing, right? Uh, Number three in Baseball America is number eight in MLB Pipeline. We'll get to that in just a second. The other matches, I think, end up being more coincidental than anything else. Uh, Colson Montgomery, shortstop for the White Sox, is number 38 on both lists. Feels like a coincidence. Uh, Michael Bush, second baseman for the Dodgers, number 54 on both lists. Gavin Stone, right-hand pitcher for the Dodgers, number 56 on both lists. Again, I do think that that is a little bit more of a coincidence than anything else, but I do find it really interesting. That's actually the middle of three consecutive Dodgers prospects on the Baseball America list. They have Michael Bush 54, Ryan Peppio 55, Gavin Stone 56, and you see that quite a bit when you're flipping through, is here's these two prospects together on the list. Uh, Marco Luciano and Kyle Harrison for the Giants, 36 and 37. Brooks Lee and Emmanuel Rodriguez of the Twins, 45-46. Tink Henson, Mason Wynn of the Cardinals, 47 48. Uh, Robert Hassel, Elijah Green of the Nationals, 57 58. Just really interesting how it happens where you have guys that are consecutive. This happens multiple times. Back half of the top 100 Henry Davis and Luis Ortiz on Baseball America, 73 and 74. DL Hall and Jordan Westberg of the, of the Orioles, 75 and 76. So find that kind of interesting. Just how that works out. Again, I do think it is just you're looking at all of these guys. You kind of have them evaluated around the same. You end up putting them in the same place. That's fine. Uh, There are three guys that are pretty high up on Baseball America's list that are not present on MLB pipelines. And I think this is due to the way that you evaluate uh, and the criteria that you have for some of these guys. So... Uh, when you're looking at the list, Gabriel Moreno traded from the Blue Jays to the uh, Diamondbacks is number 12 on Baseball America's list. He is not listed on MLB Pipeline's list. Same thing, you look at Shane Boz of the Tampa Bay Rays, 31 on Baseball America's list, not listed on MLB, MLB Pipeline's list. And to me, this goes back into... The definition of a prospect and what you have to do to earn service time and how it's different. So MLB's definition to lose prospect status and to then just be a rookie or whatever, 45 total days on an active roster. So Gabriel Moreno spent, I believe, around 50 days up with the Blue Jays last year. He got in 25 games, had, I think it's 73 plate appearances. Baseball America uses a different criteria for what they consider a prospect. They have more flexibility. MLB Pipeline is sticking with what has been collectively bargained as a rule. Baseball America says greater than 130 at-bats, 50 innings pitched, or 30 relief appearances means you are no longer a prospect. So Gabriel Moreno spent more than 45 days. He's passed MLB's official rule to no longer be pros- like to be a prospect, but he has less than 130 at bats because he didn't play every day. So therefore he's still a prospect to baseball America. Shane Boss has thrown 40 and a third innings in the regular season. Baseball America requires 50 innings pitched. So therefore they have him as a prospect. But time he spent on the injured list does accumulate service time at the Major League level. So MLB has him as not a prospect anymore. Uh the third one is Cody Singa, the right-hand pitcher that the Mets signed out of Japan. Uh, he's on Baseball America's list, he's not on MLB Pipeline's list. I'm not 100% sure why. I don't know if that's something where they just exclude like they say yes, he's going to be rookie eligible for rookie awards, but we're not considering him a prospect because he was a pay, uh, he was a Top-level professional in Japan. I don't quite know. I'm assuming that's what it is. But some of the really early differences in that top 10-15, I find interesting. Jackson Churio of the Milwaukee Brewers is the number three prospect in baseball to Baseball America, but the number eight prospect to MLB Pipeline. Reminder what he did last year. He was a 2021 IFA, and he blew through The lower minors last year ending up in double-A. 99 games, 288, 342, 538. 20 home runs, 55 extra base hits, 32 walks to 118 strikeouts, and 16 to 20 on stolen bases. The consensus here to figure out why these guys are considered different in these two lists, and granted, it's not a big difference. It's number three to number eight. This whole thing, you've got 6,500 prospect eligible guys in the minors, so this entire list represents 1.5% of the total, but when you look at these two and the difference, it comes down to the individual grades on the hit tool and the power tool. Baseball uh, America has a little bit higher on the hit tool, giving him a 60 compared to a 55, and the power tool giving him a 70, whereas... Baseball Amer- uh, MLB Pipeline has him at a 60. When you go back and you look at his season, Jackson Churio struggled with breaking stuff away early in the year, and he made adjustments throughout the year and got better at that. But it was such a small sample of the one year of performance that you can have some questions about uh, where the overall ceiling of the hit tool is and. Your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. So if you think that the hit tool is lower, you can lower the ceiling on the game power, even though you may agree on the raw power. So that kind of explains the difference between number three and number eight. Yuri Perez is an arm that there's also disagreement on. MLB Pipeline has him at 13. Baseball America has him at seven. And when you think about what he did last year, he got 17 games in Double A after being a 2019 IFA. Uh, 4.08 ERA in 75 innings pitched, 106 strikeouts, so 12.7 per nine, to 25 walks, dead on three walks per nine, with nine home runs allowed. The final grades, the ceiling on the final grades is different. Baseball America has him as a potential 70 overall, compared to a a a 60 from MLB Pipeline, and it kind of comes back to the secondaries and the control, not necessarily feeling like. The secondaries are as good, and that the the ceiling on the control is as high. A couple other interesting at the very top, just real quick. Francisco Alvarez is number nine to Baseball America, but number three to Pipeline. And then shortstop Anthony Volpe of the Yankees is number 14 in Baseball America and number five on Pipeline. Maybe a little bit of East Coast bias there with the league office in in New York. Who knows? In just a minute, I want to talk about some of the biggest differences on this list in the pitchers, see if we can figure out why. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. We are getting ready to start the NCAA tournament this week. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line, points scored. You can include different kind of core markets like spread, like the spread, the money line, the total, player props. So rebounds, assists, that kind of stuff. You can do exclusive bets that just FanDuel has, like the 2 by 3 uh, Will there be two 3-pointers scored in the first three minutes? And then you can combine all of this stuff for the chance uh, at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash lockedon, that's fanduel.com slash lockedon to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay. Looking at some of the biggest differences between Baseball America and MLB Pipeline when it comes to pitchers, the big one here, the most egregious difference was Quinn Priester, right-hand pitcher for the Pirates. So when you go through this Excel sheet, I, I, I made an Excel spread and, did, and, and separated it here. It is something where MLB Pipeline has Quinn Priester as the number 60 prospect in all of baseball. Baseball America does not have him in the top 100. So the difference is at least 40 spots, if not more. I initially, when I set out to do this, I said, I'm going to only find guys that were on both lists. But Quinn Priester is is very close. He's in one of the, like the last ones left off Baseball America's list they've talked about. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. 2019 18th rounder. And when you watch what he did last year, so he went to, he was in, we got one start in low A, one start in high A, most of the year in A Altoona with the curve, but got two starts towards the end of the year in AAA Indianapolis. Of these starts, three two nine ERA in 90 to third innings, 89 strikeouts, so 8.9 strikeouts per nine, 230 walks, three walks per nine, six home runs allowed. The big difference here in Quinn Priester, when you look at what Baseball America thinks about him and what MLB Pipeline thinks about him, is the fastball quality, right? So both, both organizations agree that the game for Quinn Priester is he's got a very, very good curveball. Uh, he has a slider and a changeup that are that are league average, and he has a four-seamer that kind of downplays a bit from its velocity, and so he's worked to mitigate that. So the four-seamer sits ninety-five or so, which for a righty is fine. Velocity is perfectly fine, but uh, it gets very low swing and miss. It's a very kind of flat pitch. Doesn't have a lot of movement on it. The shape isn't great, and so what Quinn Priester has done is he brought in a sinker last year, throwing a two-seamer that he uses it almost as much as the four-seamer, and got over fifty percent ground balls with it when he was in Double A last year. And so now the game is very much: I've got the two-seamer, the the the, the two-seamer coming downhill. I've got the curveball that'll just dart out of the strike zone. We have a slider that's more of a horizontal mover, and then a changeup. And we're trying to just induce a ton of ground balls. MLB Pipeline has the ceiling of that fastball as a plus pitch because they're under like they're acknowledging you can get outs with it. They're just not strikeouts. They're ground ball outs. Baseball America very much was looking and saying, it's still an ordinary pitch. We're not net, like, it's not swing and miss stuff. And so, because of that, that's where the discrepancy comes in on the grade, and it means that the difference in the rankings is at least 40 spots on the list. Brandon Fott, right-hand pitcher for the Diamondbacks, is another guy with a big discrepancy between the lists. So Brandon Fott is at 26th on Baseball America's list. He's at 59 on MLB Pipeline's list. And this comes back to the quality of the secondaries and the control. So reminder on Brandon Fott, 2025th rounder out of Bellarmine, which I believe is in Kansas, Kentucky, it's in Kentucky, started 29 games last year. This is, this was mostly like it was, it was not evenly split two thirds in double A Amarillo, one-third in AAA Reno, which are both, if you remember, the ball will fly in these parks, and you'll see that in a second. 383 ERA and 167 innings pitched, 218 strikeouts, which was the most in a minor league season since 2001. This dude took the ball every fifth day for the entire season. So it's 11.7 strikeouts per nine, for the record. 33 walks, 1.8 walks per nine, but here's the kicker, 28 home runs. Okay, the difference between the ranking at 26 and the ranking at 59 uh, by pipeline comes back to, again, the quality of the secondaries and the control. Baseball America points out the fastball sits in the low to mid-90s, 94 or so. He can touch 97. And it really kind of looks like a cutter, but still has that carry and life up in the zone. And then a big sweepy slider, low 80s, uh, as well as improvement on the changeup, which obviously is going to move the other direction from a slider, giving you that that very good uh, horizontal sight picture for a pitcher. They are for a hitter to face. They give the fastball a plus grade. They give the slider a plus grade and the changeup and above average grade and say he's got plus control as well. Uh, He's really good at throwing strikes and working kind of on the edges of the zone to try to avoid giving up home runs, although obviously it didn't work. He gave up a lot last year. When you flip over to MLB Pipeline, they're a little bit less confident in the quality of the slider. They call it above average. They say the sweep is promising. Sounds like they think it's a little more inconsistent with the sweep. And then both these outlets don't think the curveball is that great. They both have it as below average. But they also have the control a little bit lower. And I think that pipeline is wrong here. Because they give the control a 55 compared to Baseball America's 60. But then they turn around and point out that he had the lowest walk rate. That's 4.8% amongst all of the Arizona Diamondbacks pitchers who qualified with a full season of stats. And so I think it's something where they considered some of those pitches that were rocked were misses in the zone, and so you're still going to punish him control-wise because he missed in the zone when he was trying to throw on the edge versus missing outside of the zone for a ball. Control can take multiple different forms where you miss counts. It's not just the fact, did you miss? You can't just go off walk rate right alone to say this guy is, has good control or bad control. They say his miss was in the zone. We definitely need to uh, acknowledge that and, and mark him down for it. The third guy, right-hand pitcher Tink hints of the Cardinals. 30-place discrepancy on this list. He was 47th to Baseball America, and 77th to MLB pipeline. And the difference here, for the most part, comes out to the overall grade that they have for him. So, 2020 second rounder supplemental out of high school, we got 16 games last year, and the stats are fantastic 1.38 ERA in 52 and a third innings, 81 strikeouts, so 13.9 per nine, to 15 walks, 2.6 per nine, only gave up one home run. The overall grade is the difference. Baseball America has him as a 60 grade overall, whereas Pipeline has him as a 55. Uh, it's something where they both discuss the depth issues that he has as far as like not going very deep into outings. When you look at what Tink Hintz did, a lot of his outings, and part of this is them trying to manage his innings. Part of this is understanding where his frame isn't the biggest. I want to say he's like 6'1", 170, things like that. So he's a little undersized as far as what you look for from a traditional starter. And then there were some worries about when he gets into the stretch, he starts to have a little bit more command because he has a little bit more effort because he can't utilize that full windup to hold the velocity, you know, the mid-90s fastball and things like that. So physical development is needed. And then that's going to help not only with maintaining velocity out of the stretch, but also with overall stamina. And this is just something where they both think he's a really good pitcher. There's just a little disagreement about what the ceiling is because of the limited workload and the uh, consistency of the command because of the extra effort as you go into the start. In just a minute, I want to get to the biggest differences in the hitters. Uh, there's quite a bit of range here between some of these guys. And we'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we are back. So looking at the differences between MLB Pipeline and Baseball America's Top 100 lists, and looking at the hitters, some of the biggest differences, the one that stood out to me is outfielder Emmanuel Rodriguez of the Minnesota Twins. There is a 42-place difference in these rankings. Uh, MLB Pipeline has him at number 88 overall, while Baseball America has him at number 46. Quick reminder about who he is. 2019 IFA got in 47 games in A-ball last year. 272, 492, 552 is the slash line. Nine home runs, 17 extra base hits, again in 47 games. 57 walks to 52 strikeouts, and 11-16 on stolen bases. So, there's been issues with the hit tool in the past. And I think some of the difference here between the rankings, you see Pipeline has it as a 50-grade hit tool, Baseball America has it as a 60, is because he's been improving and getting better like a lot of young players do. He was only 19 last year. But his season ended in June by uh, knee surgery. And so, because of that, you're in a scenario where he wasn't necessarily able to put enough changes on tape to convince everybody that he had fixed these issues. When you go back and watch what he did, in 2021, he got just under 40 games in the complex league when he came stateside for the first time. 214, 346, 524. Very much struggled with breaking pitches. Manuel Rodriguez, you could get him. With with breaking stuff, and it wasn't necessarily great. He fixed a lot of that, and his chase rate is now really really good. He was had one of the lowest chase rates in the entire minors last year, but he showed significant difficulty with good off speed, and so he would have he had swing and miss in the zone. Something where he's geared up for a fastball, he's ready to get that velocity. If you can execute a good changeup, which a lot of young players aren't used to seeing good changeups because a lot of young pitchers don't have them. If you can execute a good changeup, you could get him to swing and miss. And so it's something where MLB, like Baseball America feels better about the ability of him to improve on the off-speed recognition, looking back at how he improved dealing with spin in 2021 Baseball America, I'm sorry, MLB Pipeline didn't necessarily see some of that improvement and is a little bit less sold on the improvement. So that's why your hit tool is a 60 with Baseball America and a 50 with Pipeline. And that can account for a 42 spot difference in the rankings. Some other guys I thought were interesting. Shortstop Noel V. Marte of the Cincinnati Reds. 2018 IFA was traded uh, to the Reds. Uh, from, from from the Mariners part of the Luis Castillo deal. Got 115 games in high A between both organizations, 279, 371, 458. 19 home runs, 42 extra base hits, 59 walks to 107 strikeouts, and 23 of 32 on stolen bases. Baseball America has him at number 63. MLB Pipeline has him at number 29, so 34 spots different. And it comes down to the quality of the hit tool and issues with or questions about conditioning. He actually is below average. He's fringe hit tool, 45 on baseball America, where pipeline has him at perfectly average as of 50. When you watch a lot of what he did last year, you see questionable swing decisions on breaking balls. And so that's the big discrepancy between between the hit tool. And, and that can lead to obviously overall questions. Again, the power tool is dependent on the hit tool. If you, I mean, Baseball America actually gives him a better hit tool. Sixty, I'm oh, sorry, a better power tool. Sixty-five power tool. It's just something where if you if you struggle too much with breaking pitches, you, you know, you you roll over it, you swing and miss on something down the way, things like that. You can't get that power into games. There was also a little bit more concern. On Baseball America's part, about some of the physical stuff, he's already he's already slowed down a bit as he's physically developed. He's gotten kind of thicker in the uh, the the trunk, in the legs, and in the Arizona Fall League, he was playing third base versus shortstop. One ton of a uh, ton of shortstops in Cincinnati, so that makes sense. But two, he probably because of his speed, which is decidedly just average, and the lack of that quick twitch. Short range, you know, uh, rangy stuff that you would use for shortstop. They've downgraded him a bit as far as the the defensive ceiling and the speed compared to where Pipeline has him. So that that accounts for thirty four spots different and sixty three Baseball America, twenty nine MLB Pipeline for Nouelvi Marte. The last guy with an opposite flip, thirty five spots different. Is Zach Neto of the Angels, 53rd for Baseball America, 89th for MLB Pipeline. So, 2022 first rounder out of Campbell got 37 games in last year between double between High A and then Double A. Spent most of that time, 30 of those games in Double A Rocket City, and just destroyed. Uh, total slash line of 299, 377, 476, five home runs, 15 extra base hits. 12 walks to 33 strikeouts and 5 of 7 on stolen bases. Every single bit of this discrepancy between these two sites comes back to the defense. MLB pipeline is lower on the speed, is lower on the defensive potential, is lower on the arm. I think a lot of it is, I like the hands, I like the instincts and things like that, that he has it short. The internal clock isn't really great for Zach Neto. As a guy who went from Campbell to double a it makes sense and so baseball america's banking a little bit more that as he plays more shortstop and in the in the minor leagues that internal clock will will fix itself while pipeline isn't necessarily as optimistic about what he's going to do defensively going forward they think he's just kind of an average runner and the arm they called it solid they pointed out that he was he pitched as a reliever at Campbell he could hit the low nineties, but they don't necessarily know if the accuracy is quite there. And then again, the timing, the instincts and things like that. Uh, they think that he could move up quickly as a second baseman, you know, and, and the way that they word it, it kind of sounds like they think he might be able to be an impact by the end of the year in 2023 in the bigs as a second baseman versus maybe you'd think of 2024, As a shortstop, I would rather have him be a shortstop. And I think if they that's part of it as well, if you think you're going to move him in to second, that probably lowers the overall grade and the ceiling of him because of the less premium defensive position. Fantastic week this week in the spirit of the Corbin Carroll contract extension. We're talking about some of the debuts uh, from last year. And should you or should you not sign these guys to extensions, and making the case. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. In the meantime, if you have questions for Monday's mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can email us Locked on MLB Prospects at gmail.com or drop your questions in the Locked On MLB Prospects Discord. Links in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects.